going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else uh, because it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so. Got a meditation, eternal energy. Go get you some. Also, send me a review once you're done as well. I'd love to hear your feedback. Now, moving up from there, if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life, whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships, in which there are three different tiers, silver, gold, and diamond, which offer different levels of benefits that once-offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotion day? Sure, emotion day. <laughs> social Q&A live episode 64. Advice to virgins struggling with sex. For one of the first times ever, YouTube has not rickrolled me off the bat. The going live symbol is real. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing great. Let me zoom up here. And we've got a... Today's not even a session. Today's not a session. Today is a monumental exploration into someone who is so lost, someone who is so far gone in the realm of social development, sexual development. We've got a virgin who's 22 years old, had 12 to 15 different sexual experiences in his lifetime, yet none of them have connected through to full way, whole play sexual intimacy. His desperation in his own words for sex appears to be the major block, but I think there's a lot more going on. He's given me he's given me such intensity of background story on who he is, where he's come from, what's been going on in his examples with different women, that I've got double page notes. I've got you guys see here on YouTube, shout out to those of you listening on the podcast. I've got A4 size page double size notes. I've never done this for a podcast ever. I've done uh, I'm not sure, 160, 170 episodes or whatever. There's probably 190 different episodes, but some of them are part one, part twos. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've never done two pages of notes for any one individual story. That's how you know today is going to be absolutely intense. So what I recommend is that for those of you who are live right now on YouTube, for those of you who are listening to this in post on the audio podcast, get a notepad ready, get a pen ready because you're going to lose track. There's, there's so much stuff for us to dive into. Today might be more of a seminar. I will try and throw in as many class questions as possible. There are a lot of questions to ask you guys. I'll keep you guys engaged as possible. And don't worry, I'll get to the normal spiel, like how these sessions run in a second. But just staying on this, 
is very intense. Today's going to be very intense. It's going to really test you for those of you here in the live session. And I think a lot of you can relate. I can certainly relate uh, to his story as well. We've got issues of self-acceptance. We've got issues of being obsessed with sex. We've got issues with should he just go to a hooker and just get it over and done with because he can't say him to 12, 15 times in a row. Uh, complete the sexual dance between the masculine and feminine energy. What's going on here? There's so much. There's so much. Like It hurts my head. And there's stories. There's There's things to get into. So... Hopefully that gives you guys a good intro. Try to be as uh, targeted as possible here. And now I'll clue you in on what actually is going on in terms of uh, in general. So welcome to Social Q&A Live. If you guys are new to this uh, session, you can uh, bring in any questions around social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. This is a time where we get it. However, at the beginning, we always have a featured context, featured story. Uh, normally, you guys message me on Instagram at uitang1, double uitang1. Follow me there if you're not. Uh, or you can email me on bulldozer.com and in the contact forms there. Today's context came through the website, actually. It's just, it's two very long emails, which even for me to get my head around, I had to take double page notes on. That's how intense the email is. I'm going to read out that email for you guys, both of them. However, one of them is a story. One of them is a story on a very specific example of when he was with a woman and when shit just hit the fan and he just wasn't able to sexually perform the harsh, harsh words that she said to him. Oh, there's, uh, I've got to really pace myself. Today is going to be a very intense, long session. Also, so yeah, if you guys do have questions later on in the sesh about anything in general, save them, save them, copy and paste them, type them up, whatever. Post them when I say it's time for open Q&A, but that's not going to be for quite some time. And of course, if you guys want to donate to the channel and help support everything that's going on, we have this super chat option, uh, which is available, which will get your question bumped to the top and I'll give more time to it later in open Q&A. But we've got so much to chop on today. I'm not sure how much time there will be for open Q&A, to be honest. We always get some though. Depends how good the questions are, to be honest. So I want to say hi to some of you guys in the chat. And if you are just dropping in right now, thanks for being here. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up down below. Help support the video. Help it get sent out to the rest of the community. And let me know where you're from. Say hi. Get engaged in that chat box. This is not a time to be yanking your sack or to be rubbing the goose. This is a time to be engaged. Rubbing the goose. That's a new one. Time to be engaged because we, uh, we've got some learning to do today. We've got a, most importantly, we've got a young gentleman who needs a lot of help. By the way, guys, for those of you who are on the podcast right now, you can't see how I'm dressed. You know that today is a session of such importance when I have put pants on. Not only have I put pants on, I've got suspenders on and a button-up shirt, which is not fully buttoned up, but it's still a shirt nonetheless. We've gone back to 1945. That's the seriousness I'm taking this podcast with. So, World War II seriousness. So, let me, uh, let me zoom in here. Well, that's way too zoomed in, bruh. I want that zoom in. There you go. Okay, I'm just going into the chat box here. I fucked up the zoom. Here we go. Here we go. So, first person up in this chat. First person up in this chat. Sorry if that's a bit loud. Is T saying, Yosh, let's get that learning. Looking crisp, mate. Appreciate it, T. Good to have you here for the beginning as well. Uh, anyone who is going to join in later, they're going to be fucked. Like in this live session. It's Sorry, live session. If they're joining in later, they're going to miss so much of the context. Uh, so we need to forgive them later on in the class. And by the way, guys, if you are new to this session, these are very much like classes. Uh, last week's session, live students did fantastic. There were so many 100K Zenny rewards being thrown out off the bat. 
which basically is just if you get the right answer first really quickly and it's really good to give you that reward. But today, listen, I'm going to throw you as many questions as I can, but also I'm treating this as if he is a client, but he's not. So I'm going to give a lot more instruction than I did last week. Last week, I kind of let you guys fumble around quite a bit, and that's good. It helps you to learn quite a bit. But I realized reviewing on those, there's less instruction when I do that. And this is a podcast where we cannot make mistakes because we've got someone's life at stake here. And I mean that literally. The depth or the seriousness of this guy's story, a 22-year-old version, is that he could become a menace to society if he doesn't get this handled. Uh, these guys, we got to, when we catch a virgin who's at 22, he's not too far gone. He's not too young in the game yet. But give him another 10 years of enforced, self-enforced celibacy and I wish that he just gets bitter around women, starts to hate the world. That's the type of guy that could pick up an AR-15 and start spraying the crowd. Right, that's that's what happens to people. These this this stuff can fester if it's not handled. And if we got him early, twenty two years old, it's not too late. It's not too late. not that it's ever too late. But I'd rather twenty two year old version than forty four year old version. Yeah. So say hi to some of you guys in the chat as well. I've also got Jay New up in here saying, "Oh, everyone." <laughs> She's ex- please excuse the intrusion. Uh, in Japanese. Uh, have one of my mates who just started this journey joining today. All right. Welcome, Jay New's friend. Jay New, I'm not so sure if you're saying that he's with you in the room or if he's going to come in later in his own account. If he comes in with his own account, just get him to uh, pipe up. Get him to pipe up and say hi, and we'll welcome him in. And we've also got Distracon, who's actually, Distracon's never here from the beginning of the session. Finally, good to have you here, mate. Say what up? You'll finally be here. He's never got the full context on any live Q&A, I don't think. <laughs> so, let's get into it. My friends, notepads and pens at the ready. Uh, listen, I've already done a lot of the hard work in terms of breaking down his emails for the key points. That's what, But that's what I mean. Like When you see the two pages of notes I have here, this is not two pages of notes of the entire story. This is two pages of highlights. Two pages of highlights. That's how much there is in this story. So that's why I'm saying you guys need to have a notepad and pen ready. If not for the logisticality of just remembering certain things, but for you to note certain things to come back to if you have things you want to follow up on, let's get serious about it. I'm wearing suspenders. <laughs> let's do it. So uh, just before I get some water here, who else we got in this chat? Nico Ko comes in saying, hello, my name is Nico. I'm Johnny's mate. Ah, Yokozan, Nikosan. Good to have you here. That's a good name as well. I could just abbreviate it off the bat. Just call you Nico from the get. Good to have you here, mate. Distracting us says, haha, yeah. And big, big Tito says, day five of no fap. <laughs> All right. Good on you, mate. <laughs> I don't say that sarcastically. Like, good on you. It's, it's an interesting detail to kick off this live session with, but uh, thank you for sharing. Hang on, hang on. Okay, so let's go. Let's get straight into this email. Get straight into this context. Dive deep. Switch your minds on for this. This is fucked. Like, this is absolutely fucked, this story. It's such a beautiful way. So, this was sent to me five days ago through the website, boldojo.com. My website, of course. And his name will be kept anonymous. We'll refer to him as X, as we always do. His country will be kept anonymous. We're going to say North America. 
and I'll be very careful of other details as well. So he sends me this initial email. This is the f- this is just right off the bat before I even asked any questions. That and it's pretty intense. So switch on. Subject guidance regarding internal beliefs. It's a lot more than that. He goes on to say, "Hey Adam." I'm reaching out to you to share some thoughts regarding a very deep issue that I've been facing over the years. I've been on the journey of self-development for the past five years and it has helped me from being incredibly nervous around girls to being in bed with them and my social life in general. It has taught me a lot yet to teach me a lot more. I'm going to dive deep on the first issue that is still there since I started this journey. I have a deep issue regarding self-acceptance. I feel like I always have to do something in life and keep moving that is strongly tied to a goal instead of simply just enjoying the moment and having fun. I'm going to come on very honest. I have this deep feeling inside to show off that I am better than others. If I play sport, I want to become the best. If I go on dates with different girls, I feel like it's to show off to my friends that I can do it. Self-development has given me the confidence that yes, I can, but I know deep inside I am doing it for the wrong reasons. I feel like I've done everything in my life till now based on showing other people that I am better than them. But when I achieve it, I have no sense of interest left in it anymore. The first girl I ever got in bed is because my friend teased me regarding not being able to win her, but after I did, I have lost zero interest in her. This also reflects on whenever I'm hanging out with someone. I'm always trying to do something or feel like I am bored instead of enjoying the moment with the other person. This has been a core issue since I was a child. For these reasons, I've never been able to build long-term relationships with women. Key point. I have some acquaintances that do absolutely nothing but smoke weed and play video games, living a normal life, yet whenever they meet someone, they are able to build long-term relationships with them, which is they do absolutely less Yet girls and people in general are very interested in them. This sparks my curiosity on why me trying to achieve so much as not being able to enjoy life just moving from one goal to the other and then having no goals at all seems to be attracting people and women around them. I love your thoughts on this topic. Not very well worded there. But basically what he's trying to say is that why is it that when I try so hard, I get no one. But when I see other people trying to do nothing, they get everyone. Specifically referring to girls there. Now, moving on, he goes on to say, it's the most important part of why I'm reaching out to you. So let's take a pause there. Just take a deep breath. <clears throat> In the self-development journey for five years, uh, deep problems with self-acceptance only does things to impress others, To not even just to impress others, actually, to prove that he is better than others. The first girl he got in bed, in his words, was purely because his friend teased him that he didn't think he could do it. Seeing there's a lot of issues here from the beginning. Remember, he's 22 years old. He's 22 years old. He started self-development journey, in his words, self-development. We were going to break that down a little bit later when he was 17, I guess, five years ago. So moving on, that's just how he started off the email. Now moving on to the actual issue of why he's reaching out. The most important part in his words. Yes, I said I've been in bed with girls, but yet I've never had sex with them. Yes, I'm still a virgin. Since I have started this journey, I have been obsessed. Since I started this journey, I have been obsessed around sex and ways to improve social skills. That in my free time, all I do is watch videos on how to improve. Yes, I go on information overload and sometimes fail to take action because of that. But sometimes I keep notes that I can take action, if not now, but later. Since I am a student in university, I watched your video on how to lead life in university. 
and it helped me a lot regarding planting seeds from one to the other. Pause. The video he's talking about there is, I think it's, it's, it's How to Meet Girls in University, something like that. Main concept being net gets net, uh, planting seeds with social circles. It's an old BDP. It's one of the original Bottledger podcasts. Anyways, he goes on to say, I've had a few chances where I pulled girls, but yet I'm not able to have sex with them. I realize sometimes the girl is even more relaxed than me, but I am the one who is not, which is very difficult because the more I try, the more I can't. Key point, girl's more relaxed than him. He tries really hard to relax. Doesn't seem to work. One girl has given me the chances over the course of three months, yet I was still not able to, and the next one for about a month, and then she dipped, realizing I won't be able to do it, referring to having sex. I feel like I put so much emphasis on pleasing the girl in bed, specifically that I bum out that I can't due to my lack of experience. Red flag there, key point there. Is he bumming out because of ex- lack of experience or is he bumming out because of something else? We'll dive into that a little bit later. Just dropping pins in your minds. Like, this is why I said get a notepad and pen out. That might be something you guys want to highlight there. If I was listening to this, that's something I might want to, that's red flag in my mind. Anyways, continue. This has gone from one girl to the next. The main problem is this issue is affecting the other parts of my life. My studies as I put too much time in meeting new people or girls, my friendships, I've devoted so much time in this specific area, I feel like I don't have any other hobbies. Sometimes I do as I like, the things that I like, which gives me adrenaline rush, like bungee jumping, skydiving, or approaching random people, haha. One of my my mates said that 99% of the thoughts in my head on what I want to do goes centered around girls. And I think that's extreme desperation that is a huge internal issue. I really want to fix this as desperation for sex is either turning girls off very hard as they can sense it, as I'm sure my friend senses it. Me being able, sorry, me being unable to have platonic friendships with women women, as I cut them or don't want to talk at all if I don't find her physically attractive or want to bang. So it's just, it was a bit, his English is not the best here. Basically, what it's attempting to say there is that along with the desperation and that he's only centered on focusing on sex, also, he just can't seem to make it within himself to have a platonic friendship with a woman. He just cuts them off if he doesn't find them physically attractive or if they don't want to bang. And lastly, in his words, and lastly, even if I do manage to attract girls, I am unable to perform due to putting so much emphasis on sex instead of seeing the girl as a human being and just enjoying being around her. I also tend to rush to sex way too often, but speaking of the girl who stayed with me over the course of three months, yet I wasn't comfortable enough. I'm going to be really honest here. I was honest with her regarding what is going on in my head. She even comforted me with, yes, you can please me. I am very attracted to you, yet I still couldn't do it in turn. You know what's next. This morning, I felt like giving up and almost calling a hooker to come over and get it done. With this affecting the other areas of my life, as I am putting tunnel focus on this area to get it handled, I wouldn't be worried about it much, but since this is this desperation is affecting my daily interactions, it's becoming a huge internal issue. I would really, really appreciate it if you give me the guy. Yep, really, really appreciate it if you give me the guidance. I feel so lost. I don't want to give up, yet I have a strong fear that the next time I'm with a girl, the same situation is going to repeat due to analysis 
paralysis. I really want to focus some time on developing other parts of my life and actually being friends or enjoying being around girls. Another key point. I remember highlighting that in my own notes. I know this is really long and he goes on to just saying thanks for getting back to me, etc. So, take a pause. Let's take a pause. I need some water there. That's the initial email. Initial email. Let's give this just get your heads wrapped around there. There's a few there's a few points that I wanted you guys to really focus on, but you can see the depths of what we're talking about here. I, t- I told you this session is going to be real today. It's the, I think the key highlights that stick out in my mind from that particular first part there is his inability to actually enjoy being around girls just for the sake of being around girls. It always has to be a targeted mission to get sex. Huge, huge issue. And what's actually really good about that message is that He's actually quite aware of his issues. A lot of you guys message me and you're not even, most people aren't aware of him, but he's very aware of his issues. He's not making any pains to hide them. He's really, he's called himself out many times for his desperation and obsession with sex. So let's continue to move on here. The next part of this. So I was, I of course responded to him with the email, just asking for the, the 10 for asking for all the details And I specifically wanted him to give me one scenario, just one story from play-by-play start to the end of when he was with a woman and it didn't go down. I I didn't say which one it had to be. I didn't specifically pick out interaction. I left that to him. I wanted him to choose which example meant enough to him. And because that actually speaks quite a lot of volumes about which story he would give us, give me, give you. And uh, so I asked a whole bunch of questions. He gets back to me with that story. <clears throat> okay. And this is actually, so that first part is really contextual. It's really just getting to understand his mind, getting to understand what he's been going through in life as a virgin at 22 years old. Now we're going to get a specific story on how this actually plays out, which I guess a lot of the class questions will start to come. And I guess is where we'll start to move into real seminar, real instruction here. By the way, guys, if you just drop it into this live Q&A, Good to have you here. Say hi in the chat. Drop a thumbs up down below on the video if you're enjoying. And we'll roll on. Let's go. So he gets back to my email, my request for a specific story on where things go wrong with a woman specifically. He says, Hey, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. Read my message. So I'm 22 years old. My background is of Asian descent, not going to say which, and I moved to North America for secondary education, currently living in North America. I've been sexually intimate 12 to 15 times. No, Bixby, no. <laughs> Sorry, by phone's AI, almost started again. I didn't even say the word Bixby. I'm going to turn that shit off. Okay, focus. So he, he goes on to say, I have been sexually intimate 12 to 15 times with five to six girls. Asterisk that. 12 to 15 sexual experiences with five to six different girls. 22 years old. Asian descent, moved to North America. Don't know how long he's been living in North America, but he says secondary education. So that tells me from about 14 or so. Okay? 13 or 14. Going off his 12 to 15 times with five to six different girls. The first ones didn't get through the one month range, but there is this one girl I met which lasted around four months. 
We are from different ethnicities and she was a local. I met her through an app which links people up who love EDM, electric dance music. I told her most of my friends didn't like EDM and it's the same on her side. So we met up for the first time and talked about going to a concert together in another city which was in five days. We booked an Airbnb. We knew we were staying together. So basically, when we went to the concert, we spent around three days together where I sexually escalated a lot, but since she wasn't comfortable in that enough yet to have sex. So we took a step back. Now, after coming back to the city, she hits me up to hang again, where we made plans to go to the club together. Pause. He didn't say specifically how long it was in between that Airbnb three-day concert thing and the next time, this now time when they're going to meet up for a club night. I would conjecture within a month, though. I wouldn't say it was that far out. Could be wrong, but just the progression of the story. Anyways, she comes back to the city, hits him up. She hits him up, by the way. Key point there. She hits him up to go up to the club. Go out to the club when we get back. So they went out to the club together, but when they got back, it doesn't specifically say whose place it was, but when they got back, either his apartment or hers, they talked a lot as the conversation went very deep. After a long night of deep conversation out of the cl- after being out of the club, I escalated again. She asked me if I was ready, and I said yes and kept moving forward. I got off way too early before sex, but that's okay as I expected that. For those not enlightened, he means he came too early. But he expected that. We kept the night going around 1 to 1.5 hours later. We tried again. She gave me a blowjob, which doesn't seem to work, and she started rubbing really hard to get me on, but that didn't work either. After that, she started belittling belittling herself, saying if I actually think she's attractive or not. I told her it's not. It's not her. It's just me. And then she seemed really bummed out and she angrily said, then are you gay? This really put me off and got, we got into a small fight as I know my worth and she can't say something like that. From then on, my fear regarding this thing happening again started. Later the next morning, she apologized. So we cooled off. We started seeing each other more often for the next four months. There is this one time we went swimming in my apartment's public pool. We were messing around and this time I was really, really hard as I didn't think of sex at all. But when she wasn't, she wasn't really comfortable having sex in the pool, public pool, as others were passing by every now and then. A couple more, eight to nine times we tried. That's more than a couple. Eight to nine more times they tried to have sex. But I realized the more I tend to try, the less I actually get aroused. And the less I try, the harder I get. But her words during our first time kept pushing me to try harder. So I actually never got to it. Eventually, she lost attraction to me and left. As she said, we aren't actually fucking, just hanging out with each other all the time. So I was like, fuck it. If I got this one, I can get another. I met a couple other chicks in between classes, but couldn't pull. But later I met another chick on the same app. We both hit it off and met up for the first time. She got very fond of me and wanted to meet up with me throughout the week, but I was busy with classes. Later, we met up and went for a movie. 
I brought her home later in brackets, second date and brackets, and we tried to have sex. This time I was getting hard, but then again, thinking about my past, again, thinking what if the same thing happens last time as last time, and I bummed out and didn't do it. I was a little uncomfortable too, but she seemed comfortable as she let me escalate very fast at this point. I realized she is comfortable and I am rushing it every time I meet her. I think of sex and try to get it over with, but eventually I can't. I'm sure you know what happens next. She eventually realizes I won't do it, as in sex, and moves on. We are still friends now, but I don't think she sees me as one. Okay. We are still friends now, but I don't think she sees me as one. As she, Okay, I get you. As she keeps treating me as it was a date scenario, in brackets, she got into bed with me again despite having a boyfriend, which is an interesting detail. Uh, anyways, going on, whenever we meet on and off, she flirts, but I don't know. That's just how things are flowing now. Thank you so much in advance for putting in the time on reading this. Greatly appreciate it, Adam. Oops. <laughs> All right, there we go. What a context. What a story. <sighs> Breathe. In. All right, you need to breathe. You take it in. We, are, we will get a summary because I realize it is a very, very long. It's long, but it's so rich. And you guys know we're visual. We like to keep things in story mode here. What's just happened in a story? In a story... When I finished reading that for the first time and I finished taking my notes, the first thing that came to my mind is essentially what we've got here is a young boy who's trying to dive to the bottom of the ocean. Yet he thinks the best way of doing that is to strap a 50-ton anchor to his waist and get down there as fast as possible. Yet when he's out on the boat with all the rest of the divers, what are the rest of us doing? None of us are strapping no weight. In fact, most of us are just wearing nothing but a wetsuit and a bit of a scuba mask with a tank. And we take our sweet time. And the first thing that came to my mind is, why is he... Why is he in such a rush to drown? That's the visualization. That's the overwhelming feeling that I get. There's some things that also hit my mind with pushing revs. It's like he's always in first gear. And the only way he thinks he'll get to sixth gear is just by slamming the accelerator. And you guys know what it feels like to be in a car when you're stuck in first gear and you're pushing the revs and you're slamming the accelerator. It's the worst feeling in the world. It feels like the entire vehicle is about to break down. And come bring it back to the ocean here. You just imagine... And this ocean of sexual experience that he's attempting to dive into. And when he's going on a one, that's in the macro, but in a micro, going in the one-to-one with a woman, he's trying to get to sex as fast as possible. It is the number one objective. It is the primary goal for even experiencing with her, even being in experience with her. It's not to create a connection with her. It's not to enjoy being around her. It's not to learn about her. It's not to learn about himself. It's not to develop himself at all, actually. If you really look at that story, it's not to develop himself at all. It's purely for the validation of that having sexual penetration with this, you know, we call it, I was going to say this woman, but it doesn't seem to be the way that he sees it, does it? He's, there's some issues there. So ready to drown himself when I'm looking at these stories. So ready to rush through the sexual experience and to ensure that he can't breathe and can't move freely. And we're going to keep running with this diving uh, analogy as we move on. But that's the visualization I get. That sums it up. 
Now, where are we going to begin? Where are we going to begin? It seems like a lost, a lost story. Like it seems like a lost case. Like this is a fallen soldier. There's no way this guy is so far gone, and he ranks in probably the top five, top three hardest cases stories I have ever seen. Like it just across the board. I've never seen a story. No, no, it's not never, but it's like top five. Like it's, it would be hard for me to think of the other times where I've seen someone as psychologically misaligned about sexual experience with women as this. One thing I want to uh, just throw in here just to keep you guys, get your minds start to warm up as to start to get you guys some questions going back and forward here. It's a different thing when we've discussed virgins before and they're really unattractive. Like they've never had any experience with girls at all. They've never... You know, that's a lot of the story for a lot of virgins is that guys, particularly later stage virgins, let's say, what does later stage mean? Later stage, I say post 20. If you're a virgin post 20, that's later stage. Depends on the time frame, obviously, but I'm talking about 2000s to 2021. That's later stage. It's the beginning of later stage. It's not the latest of the latest stage. It's not the same as being a 40 year old virgin, but you know, a lot of people lose their virginity between 16 to 20. Early stage being, you know, 13 to 16, mid stage being 16 to 20, later stage is being 20 and onwards. And of course, there's a scale within later stage. He's at the beginnings of later stage virginity. So I'm saying, but he's not been, he's not like, cause we don't see his face. You guys can't see his face. I can't see his face. But if he is attractive enough that even with all of this misalignment psychologically around what it means Round social dynamics in general. But if he's attractive enough to have five to six different girls at 22 years old that have been willing to get into sexual experiences, that have been pushing on him to have sexual experiences at some point within each individual interaction, not from the beginning necessarily, but at some stage egging him on to get it done, what that says to me is that he's not your typical hard case virgin. He's not your typical uh, potato head. He's not your typical potato head. Whether he's got, I've had to say guess, whether he's got some other, something else going for him attractively, whether it's physically, whether it's uh, social status of other guys, I don't know. But there has to be something else going on here because it's certainly not his psychology. It's certainly not his social dynamics that is bringing in these girls so far. I just think it's very interesting to put that in there just to bring a face to it that I don't think we're dealing with a potato head. And also he met a couple of these girls on an EDM app. And uh, and yeah, and so that's just given some points there. Some more points I want to give him. We've got to start off really intense sessions like this where we're just trying to get our points together because it, it gets, when we get deep and when I get hot uh, and when I bring out the flame, I bring out the lava, and start to melt people down, uh, we can, it can get dark. It can get very dark. I'm going to try not to uh, lose ourselves in that today. You guys, for those who have been here for some of the other flame sessions, it can get very hot in here. I can get very hot. So some other points for him. He's very aware. I got to give him a lot of respect the fact that he has called out his own desperation mentality. He has called out his own obsession uh, around sex and that being the number one prize. He's called out his inability to just do things for the sake of doing them. 
And that, you know what makes that, that makes this session even more difficult. You know what? His awareness makes this session even more difficult because normally a lot of the work that I give you guys in these live Q&As and the questions that I give you is based around helping him to illuminate his own insanity, to illuminate his own misalignment of thought. But that's not going to be on offer today. There are contradictions. If you guys paid enough attention during the story, there are contradictions. There are red flags. But even I had to filter through them. They're not very obvious. And because for the most part, our man X here has done a exquisite job of breaking down his own insanity. So today's not going to be an easy session. It's not going to be an easy session. What I'm going to do right now, now that we've got a bit of a summary going on, I'm going to head back into the chat, just address some of you guys and... We'll roll on to the class after that, okay? We'll get some questions going on. We'll see if we can get to some solutions here. And uh, by the way, let me just ask you guys a question off the bat here. How many of you listening to that story lost hope? How many of you have hope for him? How many of you don't? How many of you think that this is going to be a foregone conclusion? We already know what Adam's going to say, that basically you're just going to have to go to the temple and and just completely uproot who you think you are. How many of you think that's going to be the remedy off the bat? How many of you think that there is something that can be done here? Listen, you don't have to tell me. That's a very large question. You don't have to tell me what you think we're going to end up being the remedy here. But I just want to get a feel for you guys in the live Q&A. How many of you think that there is hope and something can be done? It's okay if you don't know what it is. I don't even want you to tell me what, what that may be. We'll work that out through the session. And how many of you think it's just lost cause? Let me know in the chat. That's the first class question. And I never even asked, I've never even asked that question before in a live Q&A. <laughs> That's how intense and how deep this is and how difficult, how difficult, the scale of difficulty of this class. If this is like your first live Q&A, you're like, holy shit, these guys tackle some some shit. <laughs> it's not normally this intense. It's not. Trust me. All right, let me zoom in a little more here. Let me squinch in. Okay. So in this chat, we've got to strack on saying, I don't know if you've seen do da 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 but you kind of remind me of Shizuo with that look. Okay, so just track on, I've never seen do da 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 I think you're referring to an anime. It sounds like you're trying to say Doraemon, but, and which I still haven't seen, but I've, I know the face. So no, I haven't seen that, but uh, I'll have to check it out. He says, all right, class time. Spin comes in saying, here's a tough one. I'm a 20-year-old guy, 20-year-old guy with an open mind living in a... Hang on, is this worth reading now? I'm a 20-years-old guy with an open mind living in an Islamic country where a girl's dignity is related to her vagina, which means it's a miracle to have sex without fucking a whore. What? Jesus. All right, Spin, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about right now. But when we get to open Q&A, if you have questions around that, or if you could just copy and paste that and repost it, we could definitely talk about that when we get to open Q&A. Not on that right now. We're currently on the featured context, but that's worth bringing up. Jay New then comes in saying... Nico and I literally watched Pixar's Soul last night and the theme of an obsession impairing one's ability to truly live would be a powerful message for X. I have not seen Soul. That's a good pickup that you got there. Excellent, Jenny. Sri comes in saying, yo, what up? Good to have you here, Sri. Good to have you here from the beginning as well, if you were here from the beginning. T comes in saying, mad story. Relates so much. Distracklin says, oh, wow, I had no idea you drove stick. <laughs> I don't drive stick. I, I drive the fake stick. <laughs> the fake stick. We, it's still on, you don't have a clutch, but it still allows you to shift gears. 
I wish I could. No, I take that. I don't wish anything. If I could drive stick, I could drive stick, but it's just so impractical in this day and age. I really have no interest in it. Anyways, moving forward, he then goes and says, I think there's hope. He just needs more. Okay, here we go. So I asked you guys as the first class question, just to get a feel for how you guys are thinking about this. Are you guys on team no hope or team all hope? Which one, what are you guys feeling? Distracon says, I think there's hope. He just needs more stuff going in his life, in my opinion. Hmm, dangerous words, Distracon. Dangerous words. T then goes in to say, 100% hope. I've been that guy in many ways. Hey. Lovely words, T, lovely words. Jay New then goes in to say, no such thing as a lost cause in relation to other human beings. So we've got a whole bunch of team hopers right here. We've got, that's three for three, team hopes. But then we also got Big Big coming in saying he's still got a change. Uh, that doesn't really make sense grammatically, Englishly, but I think you're trying to say that he still has the ability to change, in which that I'm going to put you on team hope. That's four for four. We've also got Ben Highland coming in saying, I think there is always hope. It may, however, be years and not months in this case, however. Hey, Ben, I didn't even know you were here. Good to have you here, Ben. And also, that's five in a row for Team Hope. Listen, I would not be in this position if I wasn't already done Team Hope, so you can chalk me up as Team Hope as well, so that's six for six. But I hope for those, those who are not in the live session, those of you listening in the post-podcast, I hope that you're on Team Hope as well. I hope that you are, because I've never seen a case, no matter as, as intense as this, as hard case as this, that can't be turned around to the great words of what Ben just said. However, it might not be in a very short period of time. Uh, ben, by the way, have you been here from the beginning? Have you just been ghosting? Have you been fucking fly walling? <laughs> Ben's a regular. Ben's a regular. So good to have you all guys chiming in. So where do we even begin with this? This is where I'm going to dive into my notes now, my double page worth of notes. <clears throat> and we're going to break this down piece by piece. When we go to big story, we break it down piece by piece. Take it slow. It's all right. We've got time. We've got time. So, if we track back to the beginning of the story here, um, Ben comes and saying, nah, mate, just got, here, just got here. Holy shit, you just got here? Then you missed, you missed pretty much all the context, all the story. Like I said, if anyone who came late, they're going to be fucked because it took us how long? It took us what? 15, 20 minutes just to get through the context. All right, do your best, Ben. Do your best. Okay, so we're going to start with the first issue here. Nah, nah, I'm a Mr. Miyagi, you guys. We're going to go from, we're going to go from the back. We're going to go from the story. I had already thought about this this morning when I was breaking down these notes. What we're going to do here is that we're going to go through his one-to-one interaction with that girl that he met on the EDM app. Because if we can take it from the story first, then I feel like we can reverse engineer all the issues. That's why I really wanted a story of him with a one-to-one girl fucking it up. And then because, as you guys, as you guys say, you can talk theory to the to the cows come home. You can try and break down all of your issues, but there's nothing better than a real-world execution. There's nothing better than a real-world story, and then just looking at what happened. That will tell you everything you need to know about all of your issues to do with well anything in life. So, EDM girl. Let's start off with this. I want you guys to take yourself to the EDM girl story. So, they had met once on this app. They, they met on the app. They met once. They thought, they thought it was all cool. They arranged to go to the concert in five days. Five days time after their first meeting. Booked an Airbnb together. Okay. My friends, first class question. 
let's just break it down with an easy question here, social dynamics. Is it recommended or not recommended to book an Airbnb together in which that you two are going to be staying in the same Airbnb? He didn't specifically say there was only one bed. I assume that was the case. Otherwise, split beds doesn't really matter to me. It's like the point is they're going to be in the same room together. Do you think it's recommended for this guy who we now know? Remember, this is not the first girl that he's had problems with sexually. Do you think it is a recommended move? If you're a virgin and you're starting to practice failure, you're starting to get reps of incorrect action, inability to sexually perform. Do you think it's a good idea to book an Airbnb with a girl that you just met five days ago for the first time and that you're going to be going to a festival with and staying at the next three days? First class question, is that a recommended move? Yes, no, why? Give me a reason why that would be recommended. Give me a reason why that wouldn't be recommended, depending on what you think. But that's the first thing that I've highlighted here in the story. And that's what's going to be so good about this podcast is that I am just going to go through tooth and nail to help him illuminate where all the mistakes come from because it's going to start to paint itself like very much like in death note as this investigation goes on the story starts to explain itself so it's very simply is it a recommended move yes or no to book a airbnb with a girl you just met one day ago with all your sexual trauma with all your inability to perform sexually First answer in this chat comes from T saying, no, because too much investment and pressure too quickly. Fucking nailed it. Bang on. Janu says, I don't recommend it since there would be pressure on her, especially if he's expecting sex. This comes up as she expresses, this comes up as she expresses that she isn't ready later on the story. Hmm, Janu's paying attention. Janu's paying attention. So that's two for two saying pressure, using the word pressure. Excellent, lads. Distract on then goes on to say, I think it's a good move because at least he's setting up logistics to work for him later. That's, that's what I love about social Q&A, baby. I said you guys could give me reasons for why it would be a good move and Distract on's nailed it. That's a good reason. Distract on saying it's a good move because he's setting up logistics to work for him later. Remember, remember guys, I love that you play devil's advocate, Distract on. Continue to do so. Because it makes this intercession even more interesting. Because all, I, all we know at this point is that they met once. They arranged to go to a concert in five days' time. And they're going to be staying together for three days. I dropped the note of that. Do you think this is a good idea because of all of his past sexual trauma, inability to sexually perform? It's something we need to consider, for sure. But just based on what Distracon said there, he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. Let's continue going forward. Art comes in saying, yes, throw yourself in the deep end. How often will these opportunities come about? You can't cockpoke yourself for surely. Hmm. So Art is on the same board as Distracon. So that's two versus two there. And we get big, come, we got Tito, I'll just call him Tito, coming in saying, no. Well, Tito, you've got to give me more than just no. You have to tell me why. So, so let's move on here. The <clears throat> reason why this is the first question is because we look at pattern of behavior. This isn't the first time that he's getting sexually intimate with a girl or has an opportunity to do so. So to Art's point of, yeah, how, how often do these opportunities come about? Can't go box yourself. Distract on saying, I think it's a good move because he's setting up logistics to work for him later. I don't disagree with you guys if he doesn't have the patterns of past history that he has. If he was one of my clients and he tells me that this is his move and we could preemptively screen for this and he comes to me saying, Adam, is this recommended or not recommended? I'm going to say, no, this is 100% not recommended. 
Not because setting up an Airbnb with her, even though you've only met once, is such a bad idea. It's actually a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. If you are confident that you can breathe and move freely. For those that were here at the beginning of the podcast, what was that visualization I gave you? We're out in the ocean of sexual experience. He's trying to dive off with a 50-ton anchor strapped to his waist. That's his modality of sexual progression. That's his pace of sexual progression. We're out there in the boat. We're looking into the ocean of sexual experience. He's got all these other divers around him, at least one, myself, who's just strapping up with a wetsuit, a tank, and a a mask. That's it. And he goes, all right, well, I'll see you later, Adam. But I'm going to get this 50-ton anchor Strap it to my waist because I'll get to the bottom of the ocean as fast as possible. And yeah, he will. Setting up the Airbnb within five days' time based on where he's coming from. Now, if he was his first time getting into a sexual experience with a woman, I would have no problem with what Art's saying and what Distracon's saying. We have no patterns. There's been no established form of how this is going to play out. We have no idea. However, it would be absolutely reckless. It is, it was, it is and was reckless, reckless for him to go straight into an experience like that after barely knowing her and knowing what could potentially happen. So why would you put that 50-ton anchor on you again? Can you breathe and can you move freely? So let's flesh out that anchor example a little bit more. What does that mean? What does it mean to put on a 50-ton anchor in a sexual experience? What it means is to rush, as Jay knew, as T said quite well, to pressure the situation, her and yourself, can you breathe? Can you move freely? If you're at the bottom of the ocean, sexually experienced, you're at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, you got there as fast as you possibly could by strapping that 50-ton anchor, aka trying to progress the sexual experience as fast as possible. But what's said for your ability to breathe and move when you're finally down there? Because you've loaded the situation with so much pressure, X, can you just sit into the moment and breathe with her? Can you just lie there in bed with her and move freely. Feel the tension melt away, dissipate from the cells, from the fibers of every muscle, not only within yourself, but within her. No, you can't because you strapped a 50-ton anchor to your waist. And so while the treasure chest is right there in front of you at the bottom of this ocean, and we're going to get to ideas of what this treasure chest is because your treasure chest is not the same as mine. And while you did beat me, getting down to the bottom of the ocean and finding the treasure chest, you got there way faster. You got there in five days. For me, if I was you, even if I wasn't you, if I was just me, I'm still up on the, on the bloody dinghy, strapping up my air tank, putting my mask on, but it's well longer after you've gone into the ocean. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to turn my back and I'm going to flop, flop in backwards. I'm going to flop in backwards and take my sweet time free diving my way, masking my way down, enjoying the road, enjoying the ride all the way down there. AKA, when I'm in the experience with the girl, if there is a five day a concert happening in five days, why did I have to book the Airbnb with her? Why couldn't we book separate Airbnbs? If not, Airbnbs that have split room at least at a minimum. If I have the same patterns, if I have the same uh, problems of sexual progression as you do, you didn't have to pressure the situation from the get. You didn't have to load yourself into a situation in which that you had nowhere to move. You had nowhere to breathe. Different scenario if you don't have this past history. If you're a virgin listening to this <clears throat> and you're on the preemptive of going into your first sexual experience, 
then I'm not saying don't, if the opportunity is not there, don't do it. What I'm saying is know yourself. The situation right here, this is the first red flag. Two of you nailed it. Two of you missed big time. However, I, you, you missed big, the two of you that missed big time, Art and Distracon, you missed because you didn't take into account his past history. As a general speaking rule, I would actually agree with you, but not in this scenario, which is why the context is so important. But well done. That was a good first question, uh, first class question. And guys, it's okay to be wrong. That's why we're here. It's, I actually would prefer if some of you just give me your raw answers. Some of you are going to be wrong. Some of you are going to be right. And that's how we're going to learn. Distraction says, I didn't play devil's advocate on purpose. Just thinking outside the box. No worries, man. Keep doing you. Keep doing you. You'll get some and you'll miss some. It's fine. He comes in saying, I've done this lol, booked a weekend hotel of a girl after meeting her once on the street. I absolutely freaked and bombed the entire night, ended badly. She was a gem about it, though, actually. She was a gem about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Listen, as I'm instructing you guys in this session, don't worry, we'll get to my stories. I relate to this guy on such a deep, fibrous level and my cellular DNA of erectile dysfunction, of not being able to breathe and move freely with a woman in a sexual space. Uh, that's where I came from. I had two years of that. I know what that feels like. So we'll get to that in time. I can relate to this guy big time. But uh, there's a way, and that's how I know there's a way out because I went through it myself. So let's move on to the next point. Good, uh, good tap on. If you guys are joining the session, by the way, and you're enjoying it, drop a thumbs up down on this video down below. Helps support the channel. And stay tuned. Stay engaged. Have your notepad and pen out. Let's go. So next point. They get into the Airbnb together. They spend three days across this concert, going to the EDM Festival concert, okay? He sexually escalated a lot. Now, I don't know what that means, whether that's digital, whether that's general foreplay, whether that's a wristy, whether that's a blowjob, I don't know. It definitely was not sex. He just said sexually escalated, whether that was just kissing. Let's take that out of the minimum. Let's take... I I think he would have, because of how explicit he's been in other stories, I think he would mention if it was something a little bit more than just a lot of maybe rubbing and tugging and kissing, all right? So, sexually escorted a lot during those three days since she wasn't comfortable to have sex yet. Stepped back. So, we already handled this before. Jane Noon pointed out beautifully, too much pressure. Too much pressure. Yet, what are we getting here? Let's just take a moment. What are we getting here? She's attracted enough for some ex- sexual escalation to appear and to take place, not enough to go the full way whole play yet. Sound like last week, doesn't it? Sounds like Patrick Starfish last week, Patrick, if you're listening, which by the way, he did listen to the session, sent me a voice message on WhatsApp, uh, thanking us greatly. So uh, hats off to you, Patrick, for the humility. Uh, he said he smiled through half of it. So anyways, we're just looking at pressure here. Moving on to the next point. Well, actually, let's just summarize that point then, because the next point is when they go out clubbing. Sex never happened within those three days of the Airbnb. She allowed for some sexual escalation, didn't fully progress through. We understand why. If you don't understand why, I probably shouldn't assume that. Let's just finish that point then. Why didn't that go down? Too much pressure, but what does the pressure do? The pressure doesn't form trust. How can she trust him if that not only scaling away all of the other issues he has with being able to breathe in the moment, move freely with her, psychologically and physically let go. That's all his own issues. But she put a block in there. 
you know, we were talking about his blocks most of the point. She put a block in saying, no, nope, can't do this because I don't trust you, right? It's not that she ever, or some girls will say that. It's not that she ever said that. She didn't tell him verbally, I don't trust you. That's not why we're not having sex. But when a girl communicates that I'm not comfortable to have sex, whether it's because she freezes up, she backs up, she moves her hand away, she even just says, no, nah, not tonight, not already, et cetera. It's because she doesn't trust you. Because she doesn't trust you. What you did to either break that trust or to not allow that trust to form, that's on you. In this scenario, 50 ton anchor. 50 ton anchor. See, when he decided to dive into his sexual experience with a 50 ton anchor of pressure to get to the sexual experience as fast as possible at the bottom of the ocean, what he doesn't realize is that that affects her as much as it affects him. Human beings are like uh, sensory receptors taking in all the feedback of the world, like sponges soaking it all up. And so if you're pressured, she feels the pressure. Strongest frame wins. If you're overloaded in your mind about sexual performance, trying to escalate, got to escalate on this girl. She feels that. She takes that in and goes, I don't trust you. Can't trust you because you aren't here with me. You have a gender. You have mission. You have objective. And that seems to have nothing to do with the organic sexual dance, which what should be happening between you and me right now. So no, thank you. That explains why she turns him off. I've got to remember that when we're in a deep session like this, because while that's not a main point, that's a subsidiary point, some of you might not understand, he might not understand why the pressure he puts on himself affects her so much. Hopefully you guys can understand that. If you get that, drop a thumbs up. Let me know in the comments. Give me a noose. Give me a thumbs up. Uh, moving on to the next point, we're going to talk about the clubbing situation. This is where things get really deep and get quite intense, actually, with how, with how angry she got at him not being able to have sex. That's what actually uh, makes me almost a, a little bit, uh, it gets me a little fired up in this session because she wasn't perfect either. Not that she has to be, but the way that she reacted, and we're going to break down what her reaction is to him not being able to get hard and have sex with her so many times. We're going to break down uh, what her reaction actually meant. Because if you think her saying, you know, what is it? You're not attracted to me. You must be gay. You know, if you think that's all literal, it's not. She doesn't literally mean that. She means something way more. So, completely different actually. So, let's move on. Moving on to the next part of the story. She hits him up to go clubbing sometime after this Airbnb EDM festival experience. I'm going to say no more than four weeks later. I don't know, but I can't imagine it being any more than that. She hits him up to go clubbing sometime later. Deep night out, big night out. They go back to either his or her place, didn't specify, for a deep conversation. Not that I think they intended for that. It's just what happened. They have a deep conversation. In his words, I escalated again. She asks me if I'm ready. I say yes and kept moving forward. I came way too early before sex, but it's okay. I expected that. One and a half hours later, we try to have sex again. Blowjob slash wristy equals no good. Didn't go down. She tried really hard. She tried rubbing him out really hard to get him on. Couldn't get hard. She starts belittling herself as in saying to herself and him, oh, you're not actually attracted to me. That's why you can't get hot. 
he reaffirms to her, reaffirms to her, no, it's not you, it's just me. She gets bummed out by this and angrily says, well, then you must be gay. Well, then, are you gay? Was the actual words, but, you know, same thing. Then are you gay? A small fight ensues, but they got over that. And they continue to see each other on and off more often, actually. Not on and off. Take that away. They, they continue to see each other more often over the next four months after that little spitfire. They tried to have sex another eight to nine times after this. No good. In his words, the more I try, the more I don't get aroused. The less I try, the more I do. Her words make me try so hard, though. She lost attraction and left me. In her words, we aren't actually fucking, we're just hanging out a lot all the time. End quotes. Pause the story there. Yeah, that's where things get hot, right? That's where things get intense. Like, <clears throat> where do we begin with this? Well, let's go right back to the beginning. So, after the Airbnb experience where she showed that she wasn't comfortable enough to have sex, they decide to go out again out again for a night clubbing. Is there an issue with going out for a night clubbing? I don't think so. Is it recommended? Would I recommend that as the first uh, connection point back after that experience? No, definitely not. Why not? Why not? My friends, in the first part of this story, she hit him up to go clubbing. I remember this is, as far as I can tell, as far as he's told me, this is the first time that they've seen each other after that Airbnb experience. Why is it not recommended? Is it a, it's not necessarily an issue that they do. Like It's not the end of the world. Obviously, they still go back to an intimate experience and had a conversation later. Yet, it's still not what I would recommend. And there is a difference between unrecommended and what I would recommend. So, why is it not? why would I not recommend going to a club after the experience that he's just had? He had the inability to perform sexually in that past experience. Now, it manifested in a slightly different way. It manifested in the way in which that he couldn't read her levels of comfortability. He couldn't build trust over pressure. If you can hold that in one hand and then you look at his decision to reconnect with her by going out to a club, what's the issue with going to the club? This is a very easy question. This should not take long. The regulars should be able to nail this right off the bat. I can give you guys a clue if you guys are really struggling with it, but there's a very obvious factor when we hold the past experience these two just had. I mean, it's the same principle as why you wouldn't invite a girl out to a club on the first date, let alone after a experience actually that didn't go the way that it should have gone. What is to, okay, if to, to help you guys, for the, the hardcore should be able to nail it off the bat, but for you who are a little bit new, I'll give you a clue. It has something to do with what else is present within the club. And you don't want to think about that literally, not just like, oh, there's other people there or there's other, other, other things there. Think about what those other people and things produce, which is why I would not recommend, it would not be recommended for him to set up this experience with her going into this again. And, and just in general, in general, if you're trying to overcome sexual performance, Anxiety limitations. Okay, first answer to that question comes in from Art saying, because Chad's will take her. 
<laughs> that actually wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, actually, based on the story we got here today. But uh, no, incorrect. Incorrect. That's not why the competition is not, not the problem. While that is definitely a factor, that, that's a very general factor, though. That's always present. I'm talking about what's present in this specific scenario relating to him and her. And by the way, Art, I don't know if you've been here since the beginning of the session, but I just gave you some context there. So, no, so it doesn't matter. Okay, first question. I should say next answer comes in from T saying, too much noise slash distraction to connect one on one at the early stage of relationship. <laughs> Bang! 100k Zeddy reward straight to T. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Fucking beautiful answer right off the bat from T. Uh, 100,000 Zenny right there. First first one of the session as well. Uh, he nailed, he only had to say one word, noise. When I said to you guys, what else is present in the club? It's not the people. It's it's not the music. It's not uh, the fucking bounces. It's not the flashing mu- uh, lights and the the crazy animalistic vibe. That's what's such an issue because those things are there. No, those things are all, they just are as they are. But what they are is noise. When you are trying to cement a connection with someone, you want the least amount of noise. The amount of energy that creates, the ability that that uh, stems you to be able to create a connection with the person in front of you, the ability for you to calm your energy, to settle your own frequency. You're going to go to a club, that's all going to get thrown out. That's all going to get just, you're, going to, you're essentially saying that I would like to be in the psychological state of a Zen warrior. But, and that's what I'm going to, that's my intended desire at the end of this night to be with this girl, to be in such a state of peace and presence that I could learn to just breathe with her and move freely. So I'll go to a club. <laughs> so I'll go to a club first and that will get me into a Zen warrior-like state. Doesn't make sense, does it? Does not make sense. So too much noise. T nailed it off the bat. Jay New then comes in saying, I actually think that since she's a bit of a party animal, wild child, she's in an environment of comfort versus he would only be exposed to more anxiety. Also very well said. Also very well said. That's why she suggested it. So I think that's what Jay News picking up on was that she was the one that hit him up to go clubbing because she went, they've been to the EDM festival. She suggested the clubbing. And so he might say, well, I was just doing what seemed easiest. I just, I was just making it easy for her to come out. You know, it seems like she's, that's just the kind of girl she is. She's really interested in that type of stuff. And I say, that's all well and good. That's all well and good, X. But who's leading this interaction? You or her? Who possesses more masculine or more feminine energy? It's okay if you possess more feminine energy and you want to be the follower. That's fine. There are many heterosexual relationships in which that the woman has far more dominant masculine energy and finds herself with a far more feminine possessing masculine uh, male. You know, so I have friends that have that dynamic in their polarity. But I don't sense that's you. I don't sense that you did that because you see her as the leader and that you're letting her make the social dynamic decisions in this relationship. I sense that, well, you probably did for a lot of other different reasons. I can only conjecture you just wanted to make it easy for her to come out. Okay. Anyways, that was just a, a tidbit we had to go on or something just to explain for beginners that why, why clubbing is not recommended for him. What, what, what would be recommended then? What would be recommended is that he goes to a place with less noise, set up for less noise. Why couldn't you have just gone to a quiet, chill bar, rooftop bar, watch the sunset go down, head down to the beach if you have a beach near you, actually based on where I know you are in the world. You probably don't have a beach near you, but go down to the river 
right? Go down to somewhere that has a little bit of nature for you. Why does it have to start at night? Why couldn't it start earlier in the afternoon? Right? Why does it have to even go out at night at all? Why couldn't you go with the bit of nature to begin with, then just go back to your place? She's already been comfortable to stay with you in an Airbnb, yeah? Yeah. So what I'm sensing here is a lack of you. But it's, where does the lack come from? It stems through your desperation to have sex that you would see this as an oversight. This is such an oversight because you think, well, whatever's easiest to get her to come out and say yes to come out. She says clubbing, I say yes, because it's going to get me to sex as fast as possible. Big oversight. Because what you did was is that you unwilling, unknowingly completely disrupted all of your energy that would lead into your issues later that night. Yes, sir. So, T gets 100,000 zenny for that answer and uh, W came in saying too much distraction. That's good. Yep, got it as well. Distraction said because he's just going to get more overwhelmed. Yep, bang on. You guys are good. You guys are good. Ard comes in saying genuine question. Do you sense she's seeing multiple guys at this point? Just curious. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, we know based on the rest of the story that it's a non-factor. Whether she is or isn't doesn't matter because she gives him a lot of time over the next four months to have eight to nine tries to have sex. It would be better if she was... No, actually, you know what? I, thank you for the question because it helps me to reaffirm myself through the story. I definitely do not think she's seen multiple guys because of how angry she got at him for not being able to have sex with her. In her words... We're not even fucking, so why are we just hanging out all the time? If she was getting stimulus from multiple other partners, I doubt she would have responded in such an aggressive and, quite frankly, a disrespectful way. We'll get to that later, though, what that actually meant when she said, then are you gay? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's not a normal response from a girl. Although, uh, from young girls these day, this day, listen... Uh, I don't use TikTok, but I went on it the other day for like the first time. I watched a f- TikTok live for the first time. Two girls, absolute biddies, 14, 15-year-olds in London somewhere, dressed out to go out, even though they're like 14, 15 years old. And they're just sitting there and I'm just listening to them talk for like 10 minutes. All the simps just in the TikTok chat going, give me your number, give me your number, show me your tits. My God, you're so hot. Can you be my girlfriend? And it's just... Simp after simp after simp, and these girls are just like, um, mm, okay, mm, mm. I just, I'm like, what is going on here? What is going on? It made me feel like there's no hope for for humanity watching this TikTok live. I'm <laughs> like, why are why are men sitting there on their phones treating these two 14, 15 year old pretty girls? but treating them like they are Cleopatra, treating them like they are goddesses of the realms of the multi-planetary, non-existential, existential, universal plane. These are just beings that have come from somewhere else. <laughs> then these, these can't be real. These guys can't be real. And I'm like, there are dudes who are actually treating these girls like they are, like they are worthy, more worthy than they are. And it's like, but they're just two girls on TikTok just saying nothing, just talking shit. It's like, <laughs> anyways, anyways, we got a lot of mad tangent there. I don't know how we got onto that. But, uh, oh, I think I brought it up because the quality or what's happening to females' minds, same as young boys' minds, as we can see, in 2021 is a, uh, it's very frightening. It's very frightening what's happening to young people in their social development with the advent of TikTok and all these apps and all this shit. People are just losing their way, losing their way, which is why if you're listening to this podcast 
Uh, you're doing good, just the fact that you're listening. Okay. Okay, so... So that was only one little point we went on. Moving on through the clubbing story. So there's already an issue with the fact that he disrupted all his energy, brought in a lot of noise, set himself up for failure. That was going to happen later in the night. We had to cover it though. It's important to cover. Moving on. They went into a deep conversation when they went back after the club. Didn't specify whose place. His place, her place. Does it matter? Not really. I would like to know as a coach, in the grand scheme of things, not really. Right, as long as it's it's a place. They went back to some one of those place. What does matter is that he says he escalated again after having a deep conversation after all this. Now, I have reason to believe the deep conversation was on the nature of his inability to sexually perform. If we go back to the email, that's why I have my own notes here. Because the emails were so long that I would spend half this podcast just scrolling to find the part I'm trying to find. But if you guys have a good memory, and I have a very good memory because I've been over it a couple times at least, he specifically said that he was very open and honest with her about the issues he's dealing with sexually, about what's been going on in past experiences and how this is a real issue with him. So that's, that's a factor. That's what's going on in this deep conversation. He decides to escalate again after having this conversation. She asks him point blank, are you ready? I specifically highlighted this point in my notes. He said in his words, she asked me after he started escalating on her, after the club, coming back, deep conversation about all my sexual performance inadequacy. She asked me if I'm ready. What's the issue with that? Let's just cut the buck right there. I'm not even going to read the rest of, any rest of it. Stop right there. What's the issue with her asking him, are you ready? Don't, don't just trigger, don't go trigger happy on this. Don't just think, oh, well, he's not in the leading. He's not in the leading position. She's asking, you know, it's much deeper than that. Much deeper. Think about the context. They have a club. It's probably been some animalistic energy in the club. Come back, dropped it down. Deep conversation. Let her know about all my sexual inadequacy and issues with being able to perform. I decide, he decides to escalate her again. He decides to escalate her again. She then asks him, are you ready? What is the key issue with her asking, are you ready? And I've already given you a clue that it's got nothing to do with the primary roles of leadership and follower, masculine and feminine, okay? It's not, it's not, it's not, that, it's not that basic. Because that actually isn't present at all in this. That's not why she's asking, are you ready? Why I'm asking, I'm asking you guys in the class Q&A, what's the issue with her asking, are you ready? Why is that an issue? It's like, it's, 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 you, can, you can ask the question two ways. Why is it an issue that she asks, are you ready? And why did she even have to ask? Like you can start to ruminate with this, start to get in on this. Okay. Who we got as the first answer in this chat? <laughs> T comes in to say, first response to this, saying, sorry guys, because we're in a longer session here and it's far, this is a really intense podcast, really intense session. I'm just going to skip over the things that aren't relevant to the questions. Okay. T comes in saying, if you're asking if you're ready, you're obviously not in the infinite cloud state. 
in brackets, what he means there is psychological let go, psychological release, in brackets. He's still in the mind, still focused on penetration and the PPM. PPM means pumps per minute. Cheeky reference. So let me just recap there. T says, if you're asking, if she's asking if you're ready, you're obviously not. Well, actually, he says, if you're asking if you're ready, so what he means is from her perspective, if she is asking if you're ready, obviously not in a psychological release, aka infinite cloud state, still in her mind, still focused on, pen, and he's still focused on penetration and PPM. It's good. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You're 100% on point there, yet not, you haven't hit a, a key trigger word that I'm looking for. It's good though. Fantastic T. Well done. I'm looking for something a little bit else though. She asks, are you ready? Are you ready? When I say I'm looking for something else, T, you've, you've, you opened up the general box by saying infinite cloud state still in the mind, yet it's not specific enough. It's very general. There's a certain trigger word I'm looking for. I want to see if we can find it. W comes in saying drunk, question mark. Way off. <laughs> Way off. Definitely got nothing to do with alcohol here. I mean, he hasn't mentioned anything to do with alcohol in the entire story. I don't know why it'd be a function of it now. Could be, but not in this story. In a general story, a girl could ask that for sure. Not in this story. Jay New comes in to say, it means she has doubts because trauma goes both ways. She's extending the hand of empathy, but also expressing that she would also suffer psychologically if he has ED again. That's good. That's good. I like that answer a lot. I like it a lot. Still didn't hear a trigger word I'm certainly looking for, or a certain concept I'm looking for, but very good. You and T are really on point today. What Jay News hit really nicely there is her own apprehension about this not going down. Now, what's really interesting, Jay New, is that, and the rest of you, is that he hasn't had ED with her yet. He had one stunted sexual experience before because he tried to escalate too fast on her, didn't read her levels of comfort, didn't build trust, didn't allow for that to happen. They had to step back. In this experience with this girl, this is the first time. But he has described to her, which is where Jay New's getting this from, about his ED in the past. So she's already preemptively screening for her own satisfaction of experience as well, which Jay News highlighted really well there. Excellent. Ben Hart comes and saying, she's testing him to see what he says. When he shouldn't say anything, he should be acting and leading. Okay. 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 I can't give you a hundred thousand any Ben, but you gave me the right word. You gave me the right word there. Test. So when I was looking for a trigger word or a trigger phrase, a trigger concept, test. When she says, are you ready? Jay New came in with a really nice, almost angelic explanation perspective. Jay New hit us with the angel. He came in with the straight positivity, giving her all benefit of the doubt, saying she must be coming from a positive place. She must be coming from, hey, I just want to ease you in, take care of you through this experience. I think that's what Jay New is trying to signal to us here. Because as Jay New said, she's extending the hand of empathy. Potentially. I'm not saying she wasn't. I didn't say, I'm not saying there's not some percentage of that. By when Ben Highland says she's testing him. Bang. Ben went on to say to see what he says. 
And when he shouldn't say anything, he should be acting and leading, which Takumi uh, Tikun had come in saying, giving a little bit more on. You know, testing to see. See, that's what I was saying, T, is that you were so close when you said, she's asking if you're ready because you're obviously not in the infant cloud state. You're still in your mind, still focused on penetration and PPM. What you were missing there, T, is if you have said, if you had said, she's asking if you're ready, not because obviously you're not in the right mental state, but because she's testing to see if you're in the mental state. Remember, what's the context of this conversation, T and Ben? He's just got done describing very honestly his sexual performance, anxiety, and inadequacy, inability to do so in the past. So when she asks, are you ready? I'm not disagreeing with Jane There might be some empathy there. She might be willing to slow down a little bit. And actually, if we go through the rest of the story, she does demonstrate that. Give us some points there. But there is definitely a very large part of her that is testing not only to do what T said. Is he here with me? Is he in his mind? And to what Ben said, is he going to act? Is he going to lead? I feel like there is... Uh, in fact, Jane knew hit me with it. I didn't even really come at the angel side too much. But there is, there is some devil and angel both within this here. There's a good polarity to why she'd be doing this. Conscious? No. It would be a natural reaction. It would be a natural reaction based on what we know about this girl going on later on in the story. Not every girl is going to do this, of course. But good to see you guys are switched on. Good to see you switched on. By the way, if you're enjoying the session, drop a thumbs up on this video down below and uh, make sure you stay engaged. Let's keep, asking, let's keep answering these questions. Distracted had also come in saying it's going to make him think even more about it. Like if he's loosened up, that's just going to make him question and throw off his energy. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Like that's just a nice comment. That doesn't answer my question, but that definitely is a nice comment. Her asking, are you ready? Is definitely not a good move. If she's trying to play the Janu angel, extending hand of empathy. If she's trying to be a straight devil testing, then actually she's doing it for a good reason then. That makes sense. W then comes in saying, Oh, wait, does he have protection? I mean, condoms? Condoms? Damn, maybe not. <laughs> uh, it's not really relevant. <laughs> no, no, it's not, I, see what, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So I thought you were just saying in general. Oh, you're thinking she's asking, are you ready? As in, have you got condoms? Nah, nah, it's not, that's not a part of it. It's based on the conversation of his sexual inadequacy. But good angle. Good angle. Uh, don't want to be going sashimi style. Not until you are well-equipped and well-practiced, I should say. Sashimi style is for master-level practitioners, not for absolute beginners. If you want to know what sashimi style is, just go to a sushi place. (laughs) Go to a sushi place. That's the best way to learn about what sashimi style sex is. Just go to a sushi place. Go to a legitimate sushi restaurant, not like a sushi trade. Go to a sushi restaurant and have the sushi master, and you say to him, what would you like? You say, sashimi style. And you watch him prepare sashimi style, you get what sashimi style sex is. <sighs> Made videos on this, all right, guys? <laughs> Catch up, all right? <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next part here. So, she asks if he's ready. He says yes, and they keep moving forward. In his words, I came way too early before sex. I came way too early before sex, but it's okay. I expected that. 
What? I want, to, I want to break that down right now, but let's just read the very next little bit. I came way too early before sex, but it's okay. I expected that. 1.5 hours later, we tried to have sex again. She gave me a blowjob and a very aggressive wristy, but it was no good. She's trying to get me hard, but it's no good. Pause it there. What? Why did I pause there, my friends? What's the red flag in that? What's the red flag in him saying that? I came way too early before sex. The fact that there are several issues with that that aren't the obvious, well, it's not a good thing that he came way too early before sex. We get that. There's way more going on in this story. Why did I pause twice and give you guys the what? When he says that he came way too early before sex, there are several red flags in this particular one particular thing that's what does that speak to i can sense jay new tapping away right now i can sense you jay tapping away but i want some of you other guys to come in with some high level answers as well listen talking me and jay new are top of the class right now i want to see some of you other guys rise up to the top of the class and get to the deeper level understanding of what's going on here why is it an issue they've come after the club animalistic vibe okay drop it down to a deep conversation okay Tell her about my sexual inadequacy. Get her on side. Okay, she stings the hands of empathy, but also is probably testing me a little bit with, are you ready? And he goes, yep, I'm ready. Move forward. And he comes way too early before they even get to sex. There are probably three red flags. You could give me three red flags that would all be correct answers in what happens there. <laughs> okay, Jay Duke comes in saying, all right, I'll leave it to Nico. <laughs> Come on, Nico, pipe up for me. Pipe up for me. Give me a s- By the way, for those of you alive in the session, while you can see the top performers in the class, T- T's already got 100K Zenny. Jay hasn't got 100K Zenny yet. Uh, reward. Uh, that's okay. Keep doing your best. Keep throwing it out. Don't just, don't, don't go quiet. That's what happens in classes. When you sense that there are a couple other people who are really operating on a high level, you're just like, eh, I'll let them answer because they're going to get it anyway. No. There are, this is an easy one. If you want to prove yourself that you're concentrating, that you're learning, that you're on point, that you're understanding the mechanics of social dynamics here, this is a good question to get your chops because there are three different issues with him coming early before sex other than the fact that it's not a good thing that that happened. Right? There's so many other things that could be happening. <clears throat> By the way, I saw there were some comments on this just Mr. Okay, T comes in saying, Jiro dreams of shishimi style. Yes, he does. In fact, I don't think he says shishimi style in a long time, but much respect to you. Jiro is the master sushi of the entire world, actually. You better watch that documentary if you haven't yet. Jiro dreams of sushi. Distrakon says, I could go for some shishimi right now. The food, not pussy. <laughs> Couldn't we all? Cool, actually. I, actually, yeah, no. Uh, sashimi is carnivore. As long as you know, eating uh, the rice a bit. I actually would have preferred if you'd said it the other way. I would have preferred if you'd said, I could go for some sashimi style right now, the pussy, not the food. <laughs> I would have preferred that way more. Okay, moving on. First answer to his question comes from W saying, okay, so let's get it. He says, overthinking to not come, had he knowing he's going to be quick, then when he did, he still was. So worked up going in the second time. Okay, W, the English is not great. That's very hard to understand. Let me try and break it down. 
Okay, he's overthinking, don't come, to not come, you're saying, he's overthinking, don't come. Had he knowing he is going to be quick, then when he did, he was still so worked up going in the second time. So I think what W's trying to say is that he was overthinking not coming, like don't come, which is what forced him to come early. It's not a bad point if that's what you mean. But then he then goes on to say, it primed him to not be able to actually go the second time because he was so worked up. Yeah, but that's, that's I agree with you, W, but that's, that's a byproduct. That's what we learn in post. That's like, that's a, that's not a core issue here. That's definitely, it's definitely the result of the core issues. What I'm asking for are the actual red flags. What you're discussing is the issues with what happens from those red flags. So it's more like you're kind of just reiterating what happened rather than why they happened that way. So that's okay. But I like that you're trying. Good job. Nico comes in saying, oh, sheets. (laughs) Hmm. I'd say he was too aroused to get, hang on. Hmm. I'd say he was too aroused to the point that he had a mental break and came too early. So, Nico, you're incorrect for the same way W's incorrect, that you're both correct in understanding what the post result was and what the aftermath and the byproduct of the red flag was, yet that is, in fact, not the red flag itself. So if I was to look at your answer there, what I would say is to help you out is too aroused to the point that he had a mental break. What I would what I would like you to dive more into is that arousal. What I would like you to go a little bit more into is that where does that intensity of arousal come from? That's That would be a red flag that would give the byproduct of what you're talking about there. So your English was a little bit better than W's. It was very hard for me to work through W's, but that would be how you would get to your answer if you can understand what I just said. But good job. Good job. I like it that you're having a shot. Good job, man. It's your first session as well. So don't worry. These are not... Uh, as we get deeper into social Q&A in the sessions, the questions get harder. So uh, that's why you got to come early. Game on, game on warmed up. But you're here. You're new early. Ben Highland comes in saying, he was so focused... Try this again. He was so focused on the outcome of getting there to the sex that he failed to build up the energy and hold onto it, but he was trying so much that he used his energy too soon and came early. Okay, so Nico and W, can you see what Ben has given us that you two haven't? Ben starts it off great by saying he was focused on the outcome of getting there to the sex. Good. Money. That is where the red flag then leads us to the onset. Now, when Ben then goes on to say... Failed to build up the energy, holding on to it, and he was trying so much that he used his energy too soon and he came too early. That's what Nico and W gave us. You guys gave us the result, the byproduct, but you didn't give me the red flag at the beginning of that. Yeah, he's focused on the outcome of getting there to the sex. However, Ben, as very general, and you're not new to the social Q&As, so if that was an answer that came from Nico or W, I might give them 100,000 zenny. But I'm not giving you 100,000 any because you're a regular student. So when you say he was so focused on the outcome of getting there to the sex and that he failed to build up the energy, what you would need to do, Ben, is tell me what he should have done. You need to tell me what that failing to build up the energy would look like if it was successful. 
what he should have been doing in that time and why that was such an issue now when we look at it as to why he came too early. Because if I'm saying, if what was the question, by the way, the saga goes? Why is it an issue that he came so early before sex? If I'm telling you it's not just because he the very fact that he came too early, that's not the issue. While it is an issue, that's not the core of it. What else should he have been doing Ben has now instigated in our minds? Ben didn't give it to us, but the first person who can would get that answer. Okay, Mr. Uh, Mr. Regular Pop. I'm just going to call him Rogi. I'm going to call him Rogi comes in and say, he put so much pressure on himself that he got the opposite result. Instead of ED, he came too early. It's the pressure man, I think. Yeah, yeah I agree with you, definitely. And definitely, uh, we're there now, though. That's a good answer. He's pretty much on the same line of Ben. However, now what I need is... What's more of an issue here is the very fact that he was in the position of coming to come, which would then illuminate your mind as to, well, if that's an issue, what should he have been doing? So you're on the right, you're on the right trail here, Rogie. Ben and Rogie, you're on the right trail. Okay, Tito comes in saying next, he puts, he's putting sex on such a big pedestal that he finished too fast and the fact that he expected to finish before it even started is a big red flag. Eh... Yeah, yeah, but it's the same answer as the others. So Tito, same answers as the others, okay? On the same, you're on the right path. Now we need to look a little deeper. Art comes in saying, also, why is she giving him a handjob? I thought she wanted to get feel pleasure herself. I guess she wants to feel like she can pleasure him. That she can pleasure him, though. Ple- give him pleasure, though. So Art has inadvertently got us closer to where I want you guys to go. While Art doesn't even know why he's gotten closer, because he's putting question marks all over, he's not very confident in the answer. However, he's saying, I guess here and there, a lot of question marks. However, Art, when you say, why is she giving him a hand job? Good. Now we're starting to get closer. Yes, it's an issue that he came early because he's putting so much pressure on the outcome, as Ben has said, as Rogi said, you know, the expectations and the pressure and everything. It's just, yes, you're all correct with that. But there's something much more systemic of an issue than that. Art has accidentally stumbled into it in his first line saying, why is she giving him a handjob? Very good, Art. Very good in a... In a Mr. Bean kind of way. I wish that you stumbled into it. It's not really an answer. It's like, I'll give you 100Ks any for that. But that's okay. Ben comes in to say, he's operating outside of himself and should have been focusing on getting the girl to the point where she was ready. And in doing so, he would have become ready. Yes. There we go. I'll be giving 100,000 any for that, Ben. Yeah, good job. Good job. Yes. Normally, I only give 100 Ks any answers if they are right off the bat. They're the right answer from the very beginning. But you've just said that so well. I've got to give you 100 Ks any for that. Nailed it. Uh, that's 200,000 Zennies. That's Takumi and Ben. Fucking A. So, yeah, you just you worded it so exquisitely, so I had to break a rule there. Like, if it's such a good answer, if it's so original and it's so well thought out, I'll give you 100,000 Zennies for that. So why is Ben so correct there? What he says, he's operating outside of himself and should have been focusing on getting the girl to the point where she was ready. 
what he should have been focusing on. When he says, I came way too early before sex, but it's okay, I expected that. First off, there's an issue of why you expected that. Why have you not trained yourself sexually to be in such tune with your body, to be able to pace, to be able to control your sexual muscular organs? That's an issue on a whole different tangent. Then we get to the other issues that some of you guys have said, which is that, yeah, there's putting too much pressure on it. Why did you have to go so fast with it, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, that's all issues. However, you all, until now, missed the giant bull with a giant target on its ass, which is, why is he not focused on her? Why is he not focused on her? And not in such a way in which that art was describing in that, shouldn't he be trying to pleasure her first? No, 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 that's actually just as bad. That's actually a a very quick way to put yourself in erectile dysfunction. I went through that myself. It's because of what Ben said at the end, which is why it gets 100K Zeddy. It's not just getting the girl to the point where she was ready for sex. It's when Ben says, and in doing so, he would have become ready. You don't want to go into the point of pleasuring her to such an extent that you kill yourself which is what I used to do when I was dealing with erectile dysfunction, which is why when I bring a girl home and when I, after my first time with erectile dysfunction, after not having sex for two years, there's a lot of backstory I'm skipping here, but you know, just 17 to 19, no sex for two years, first girl pulled back, erectile dysfunction immediately, tried to just rush through it, sex, said I was going to watch Disney, didn't watch The Lion King, straight in, right? Just completely, absolutely meltdown. Next time with a different girl, same routine. However, in terms of coming back, but try to do the complete opposite. Just focus on her the entire night. Only pleasure her the entire night. And then hopefully that will somehow work itself out. And then some, then it's okay. No, because that's running away. That's not addressing the issue. That's killing yourself. So that's why if Ben had stopped his answer at, he should have been focusing on getting the girl to the point to when she was ready. So licking her out, bringing her to uh, vaginal or clitoral uh, orgasm. That would have been the wrong answer as well because that would kill him. But it's because Ben tied in there, and in doing so, he would have become ready. So what Ben speaks to there, if Ben doesn't even realize he does, I'm not sure if he does, hopefully he does, but I'll give it to you guys now. In that one phrase there, get her to the point where she's ready, and in doing so, you become ready. That's a naturally self-occurring limiter. It stops you from getting so focused on pleasuring her that you kill off all your own energy, And that you put yourself in a very much submissive, downplayed, listen, I'm not even going to have to execute or perform tonight, so forget, I won't even have to, so I'll just go so intense on this. And you get so focused on that because you're afraid, you're fearful of what it will mean when it's time for you to start to bring your own energy out and start to get involved in the sexual dance of her. Because you're afraid of that, you put and overinvest too much energy in her. That is just as bad of a mistake, which I made, as what he made in having her take care of him for such an investment time, invested amount of time. It's just two ends of the polarity. He made a mistake, the opposite end of the polarity of the mistakes that I used to make. So that's why you get such a good answer there, Ben. Thank you very much. Now, is there anything else? Is there something else you guys missed? No, that's the main one. That's the main one. W then went on to say, thinking that he wouldn't be good in bed and try too hard. And not quite. Too general. Too general. But you're in the right lines. Like, you're not off, but not as specific as Ben. 
uh, distracted then goes to say, I can figure it. I can't figure it out, but I feel like it's going to be something really obvious when someone mentions it. Yep, there it is. <laughs> Good stuff, Distracted. Okay. So what should he have been doing then? What does that look like then? Some of you guys, let's go to sexual tactics here. Let's go into hug tactics. <laughs> what does it look like to not overinvest in her sexually and to only get her to the point of being ready in so in doing so that you become ready, right? How, how would you know that you're overstepping that line? If you ever consciously are thinking, I have to pleasure her, if the conscious thought line ever comes in your mind, I have to do this, I have to get this reaction from her, I have to get this outcome from her, or in reverse from his perspective, if, if he, because we've got to think about it from his perspective, if he's like, I have to let her warm me up to the point where I'm almost fucking really good to go and there's a lot of conscious thought going on, there's a lot of chess moving, there's, there's a lot of struggling at the bottom of this ocean trying to unchain and unhook this 50-ton anchor you have strapped to your waist. If there's a lot of fight going on between your mind psychologically, that's when you know you need to back up and stop it altogether. That's when you know you've already taken yourself to the point where there's really no going back because you're so deep in your mind. Now, if you look at, well, if I do the opposite then, what would that look like? Breathe and move freely. We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet with the remedy, but I'm just going to keep dropping that line and breathe and move freely. We will get deeper into what that means sexually and hug tactics a little bit later, okay? So... But right now, we're just isolating all the red flags. We'll get some more remedy towards the end when we can get some inspirational rants. So, and I hope you guys to find it for yourselves as well. Okay. I want you guys to take a deep breath. Okay. We're going to get to the next stage. And the next stage is where she just has an absolute fireball reaction to him not being able to have sex with her. It's just getting very hot in here. I'm going to put the AC on. Typical. I'll be back in five seconds. Take a deep breath. Get some water and be back. Let's go. It's probably not enough time for you guys to get water. <laughs> Hopefully you're still in. Let's go. So let's get to the adverse reaction now. <clears throat> so in this situation, let's get our bearings here. They went out on after the Airbnb, went to the club, poor choice, still went to it, came back, had a deep conversation, great choice. Then tried to escalate, not a great choice. Then with the escalation, she asks, are you ready? Yeah, okay, there's some stuff going on there psychologically. We broke that down earlier. But then- he comes way too early before sex. What does that speak to? The fact that the focus was completely on the wrong thing. The fact that, that he was allowing her to go to such an extent in which that she w- he would come that early, as in allowing her to be in that position. Why is that the focus? It's not the right focus. Why is he not equally focused on her being present, breathing and free- moving freely within that moment? These are questions we'll get to a little bit later on. But that's where we're at right now. She attempted to give him a blowjob and a very strong wristy, no good. He couldn't get hard. This was after he came way too early. They had tried 1.5 hours later. I realized I said that backwards. Let's get that forward. One and a half hours later after he came way too early, she tried to give him a blowjob and a hard wristy. Couldn't get hard though, this time. By the way, guys, if you just joined this live stream, drop a thumbs up down below if you're enjoying this content. And if you're listening to this a podcast on post and you haven't thought, drop comments Drop comments on the YouTube comment. I always come back and look at them. After this point, 
one and a half hours later, blowjob, hard wristy, can't get him hard. She starts to arc up. She starts to belittle herself to begin with, saying that, oh, what, are you just not attracted to me? Can't be attracted to me? That's why you can't get hard? He reaffirms to her, no, it's, it's not you. It's not you, it's me. She gets bummed out by this and point blank says to him, then are you gay? What's the issue? Are you gay? <sighs> Shit. That is aggressive. That is aggressive. A small fight ensues between the two. He says, I'm not going to tolerate this. I know my worth. She can't say that to me. But after that spitfire, the night ends. They continue to see each other for the next four months. Let's pause the story there. So, my friends, I told you we would go deep on the on her reaction. So let's let's get it here. Let's get it. We got to get her from her perspective here. First sexual experience was at the Airbnb concert, the festival, the EDM festival. He tried to escalate on her at the Airbnb when they stand the same Airbnb. He didn't allow for the correct amounts of trust to be built, so she did not feel comfortable. They had to step it back. Trust was not connected. Okay. We'll just register this from her perspective now. So that's one time there. Broken sexual stimulation between the two. Broken. Not irreparable, but broken nonetheless. Come around for the second time after the clubbing. All right. They, she gets led into the sexual position of having to get him off first. Broken sexual progression again. That's another broken point. That's not what should have happened first. Second time that comes through. She goes for a third time, one and a half hours later, to sexually stimulate again, get this dance going again. Doesn't work this time, though. Not because he did anything wrong, though. He didn't do anything wrong this time. The other previous two points of break in the sexual progression have all been on his part, all his responsibility. But the third one wasn't in a literal sense on a much Deeper, wider, macro perspective, it's all his responsibility. But in this, because you can see where it comes from, but in this one moment, him not being able to get hard, at least from her point of view, it's not very reasonable for her to have the reaction that she had. Not rationally anyway. Not if you literally take the words that she said, if you don't understand her literal words. But all she sees is that's three for three. That's three for three. That's three times sexual progression has been stunted in one way or another, and I see it all as a result of him. Two of them are definitely, but the third one, uh, it's still him, but it's in an indirect way. Directly, he has broken the sexual progression twice. One time now, he's indirectly broken the sexual progression by his inability to get hard after this aggressive blowjob and wristy. Okay, after one and a half hours later because he came too early. So, But she, she doesn't discern between indirect and direct as in he's doing this as a result of him doing choosing this or actually this is just him because he's under so much pressure she's fed up she reacts she's fed up and so she does what to begin with let's start the class questions when she he says she starts to belittle herself yeah yeah she does but that's not the word i would use my friends in the live q a when she says when he can't get hard, when she says, is it because you're just not attracted to me? What's she doing there? What psychological mechanism is going on there? Some of the advanced guys should know what that is because we talk about it every bloody week. Some of you new guys, please try. It's an easy question. 
But we're going to break this down stem by stem to understand her reaction and understand where she's coming from. It's just as important for him. So, hear me up. Are you just not attracted to me? What's the psychological mechanism going on? What is, what is she really saying there? What's, why would she even say that? Why is she saying it that way? Especially at this stage in the interaction. Jay New comes in saying, on the third try, he should try to take lead and slow things down. He doesn't, so she negatively internalizes. Boom, nailed it. Negatively internalizes. That's what we were looking for there. I knew one of you originals would get it immediately. We talk about it every week. Negatively internalizes, or in my words, she self-interprets negatively. Same thing. So... Move on from that. It's a really easy question. So she self-interprets negatively. At this point, she can no longer... Well, we, we see the limits of her ego. We see the limits of her ego in which that she's been good enough up to this point to not throw... Spit the dummy, throw the fire in his face and either in a self-interpreted negative way or a self-expressed negative way externally. So she goes first internally. She reflects on herself by saying, well, I just can't be attractive enough if this guy can't get hard with me after all this after all the time we spent together. Is it fair? Is it correct? Yeah, it's, it's, it's yes and no. It's yes and no. It's an ultimate yes, but there are small no's along the way. The ultimate yes is because he shouldn't be in this position. But who put him in this position? He did. If he had done the correct moves leading up into this interaction, stemming right back from even going to the club, stemming right back from the Airbnb festival experience he probably wouldn't be in this position. So at the end of the day, ultimately, it's a big yes. It's his fault. It's his responsibility that he's in this position now. In a small way, in a small way, there are, there are you can make cases for the no, but they always get crushed by the ultimate yes. So well done there, Jay. Moving on to the next part though. We get past the self-interpretation negatively because he reaffirms to her, well, no, it's not you. He says to her, it's not you. That's, it's not, it's not, you're not the reason why I can't get hard here. The reason why I can't get hard is because it's me. She interprets that now with the fire. She now has been given no other option, can't self-internalize it. That's been ripped away. So she throws it back out. What other option is there other than peace and harmony? If she's going to go down the fire path, it's going to be fire at you, which means that, well, are you gay then? She asked him point blank, are you gay then? Now, you think that that is probably one of the most offensive things you could say to a heterosexual man in her mind. That's, that is said with venom. That is said with intent to kill. In a sexual space right there, they're probably still naked. They're probably still in the heat of the bed. And she says that. That is said with such intensity to kill. And um, I give a lot of respect to him for not losing himself. Lesser men would have got physically aggressive with that comment. Lesser, lesser guys would have put a hand to her, would have at least at the minimum dished back a lot of verbal venom straight back out of her, if not physical uh, abuse. Right, that's a very dangerous thing for a woman to say to a guy. And so I would like, listen, I wouldn't recommend trying to kill anyone with that level of venom in such a raw space. Like, give us some time. And you probably realize I don't. Want, I probably wouldn't say that to someone. That's some really, really aggressive words right there. But the reason why I'm really saying it to her is that you put your life in danger. You put your life in danger in a sexual space if you if you say that to a masculine being. 
Because in a raw emotional state like that, a guy who's got erectile dysfunction problems in the past before you was open enough to say to you that I have these issues, was open enough to tell you, and then you go ahead and with absolute fire and venom spit in his face, are you gay then? Is that why you can't get hard with me? Now listen, if it had been said in a nice, emotional, less than emotional, docile way, if it had been said in a really empathetic way, hours later, outside the situation, give it a day, give it a couple of days, come back, sit down on the tee, in the rug, right? And you say, listen, I just want to understand you, ex. Uh, I have to ask the question because I just, I don't want to be wrong about anything. Uh, is it because you're actually gay and that's why you can't get hard? Again, I just want to know, you know, and just and but do it in a mature, adult-like way that doesn't attempt to destroy someone and kill someone psychologically. That would have been the way to go about it. Not when you're literally there naked on the bed and the guy hasn't been able to get hard after an aggressive blowjob slash wristy and you throw the fire back in his face when he tells you that I can't get hard and but it's not because of you and you say, are you gay then? It's just... It's so aggressive. It's so aggressive. And I've, I'm worried for her because if she's that uneducated about safety, like there, a lot of guys would have just backhanded her right then and there. Not saying they should have, but that's a very likely outcome if a girl does that in that raw emotional space, which is why I would not recommend that. I would not recommend that. And uh, not obviously condoning that action. I'm not saying that's the right action for him to respond with. Absolutely not. And that's why I give him a lot of respect for not. But listen, humans do things when they get emotionally aroused. Humans do things when they get put in a position of fight or flight mode. And to have your heterosexuality questioned in that moment is a very emotionally arousing situation in which that someone could do something they would regret a lot later on. Listen, girl, if you're listening to this, you've got to be a lot more savvy than that. That's, uh, that you, put your, you put your life in danger there. You're just lucky you have a guy who is respectful enough to women to not do that. You are asking for it, literally. It's like if this was a court case and the judge was looking at it, he would go, listen, of course, it's not the right action if he did decide to hit you, but you can't say that you weren't party to the instigation of it. Two to tango. So... So, 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 let me get some of your comments in the chat. Art had come in saying she wants a Fifty Shades of Grey experience, but is getting frustrated with the reality. Oh, all right, oh, let's go. That is a good comment. That is a good comment because it's really far off, but it's really far on. Does she want a, few, a Fifty Shades of Grey experience? And what does uh, Art mean by that? Uh, she wants to get thrown around a bit. She wants to get physically dominated. She wants to get smashed. She wants to feel the very fibers of her existence questioned in a sexually endorphic experience. Gets me fucking high even just saying that. The reason why you're so far off is because there's no indication of that. <laughs> like you're so far on because so many women do want that. I just got a comment uh, on one of my YouTube videos, I'll be making a YouTube video later on this week from a girl on the Daddy Issues video saying, hey, uh, my dad used to choke me and my sister when we were little girls and we couldn't breathe and we used to cry about it. Now that I'm an older, mature woman, I like to be choked in bed. 
So I'm going to be addressing that later on in the week. That's why I like your comment. But at the same time, you're so far off because she's given no indication that she wants a 50 Shades Grey experience. She has, at a minimum, given us the idea that she does want sexual penetration, though. So I take you there. I give you something for that. But she's not described that she wants to get whipped, choked, thrown around, uh, bludgeoned to the point of sexual simulation. So <laughs> it's just a, I like the I like the energy you brought with it. Or at least the energy you've incited within me. T then went on to say, it stings, referring to that comment of, are you gay? He says, I've copped both comments of, are you just not into me? And are you gay? It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. It's a real pain. However, the responsibility lies upon you and you have to, you have to suck it up. As much as it does suck, uh, it's your suck. It's you. It's you. And while... I wouldn't recommend having a deeper relationship with a girl who reacts the way that this girl did. She's got a lot of maturing to do. She's got a lot of growth to do. Uh, She's reacting. She is reacting to, I've got nowhere else to look. He said, it can't get hard, but it's not, apparently it's not because of me. Then what else other option do I have? You must be gay. She just chose the worst way and time to say that. That's her work to do. At the same time though, who put her in that position? He did. That's why I say the ultimate yes crushes the little nose. There will be little nose. What's a little no? Her poor handling the situation. Absolutely. That's a little no. But the ultimate yes crushes that because if he had handled the sexual progression correct from the beginning, she would not and he would not be in that position. Jay New then went on to say, she came back a toxic ice turtle response since the losting firebird did not get her what she wanted. Well said. She's definitely in the wrong Though with empathy, X could have done much better to help than buy back. Yeah. Yeah, they both made big mistakes. Well said, Jay. Okay. So let's move on here, though, my friends. Story doesn't end. Make sure you guys are drinking water. Make sure you guys are breathing during this. So it's going to be a long session. This is going to be definitely two parts on the audio. This might be a four-hour sesh. We'll see. I don't know. We haven't even done it. We're, no, 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 we're nowhere near open Q&A. We haven't even got to the remedies yet. We're still getting through the problems, the red flags. So glad I did all this prep work. Can you imagine if I was having to go through the email itself? Oh, no bueno, no bueno, muchacho. Okay, so moving on to the next part. After that spitfire, after that spitfire and that fight, they, res- they resolve things and they decide to see each other over again over the next four months key point here focus in eight to nine sexual experiences over the next four months failed incomplete sexual progression there may have been some wristies there may have been some blowjobs here and there I don't know but the mute point was that or the end point was that it was all for nothing he couldn't get hard they couldn't have sex in his words The more I try, the more I don't get aroused. The less I try, the more I do. But her words make me try so hard. And I think we know which words he's talking about now. She lost attraction and left me. And in quotes, we aren't actually fucking. We're just hanging out a lot. Okay, let's just let's just break that last little bit down. That's where things get really painful for me as a coach. I said at the beginning of this podcast, practicing failure. 
deeply embedding the referential experience of that I can't do this, that this is not within my repertoire of execution, that I can't have sexual, deeply meaningful sexual experiences with women, that I can't sexually please a woman in that raw, intimate space. And this has just getting been getting, this has just been getting reiterated, hammered, hammered in again and again. It's like eight to nine times over the next four months, he went out on the dinghy, middle of the ocean, he sat there within the dinghy, and he just kept putting on the 50-ton anchor. And like, I'm like, listen, man, you, you don't have to do use the 50-ton anchor to get to the bottom of the ocean. While, yes, it does get you faster than it gets me there, listen, it's going to take me a couple of hours in the space of that analogy, in the space of real life, probably a couple of days, at least a couple of extra days, a couple of extra weeks with her. But at least along the way, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, I can take in the sights, I see the sharks, I see the fish, I see that turtle, I might even take a ride on that turtle, right? But I will get to the bottom of the ocean in my own good time. And when I do get down there, that mermaid guarding that treasure chest, and here you go, the treasure chest was never even the treasure chest. The reason why you wanted to get to the bottom of the ocean so damn quickly of this sexual experience was so that you could get to the treasure chest of sexual penetration, yet you missed the mermaid sitting next to it. You missed the entire human being around the experience. It was all for naught anyway, though, because the way you got down there was a 50-ton anchor worth of pressure, worth of desperation, worth of obsession around the sex that lay within that treasure chest. And so when you hit the ocean floor, you couldn't move because you got a 50-ton anchor strapped to your waist. Even if you wanted to entertain the human being, the mermaid right there next to it, which is the actual goal, which is the actual reason for engaging this entire experience, not the sexual penetration of her, but the experience of being with her, you wouldn't have been able to anyway because you had that 50-ton anchor worth of pressure, obsession, desperation for the sex itself. But if you'd taken your sweet time, say, listen, I'm, I'm, holding the, I'm holding it back. I'm holding the inspirational rants back. That's a teaser of the remedy. We're not there yet though, but it just it gets me fucking emotional because we're talking about the coaching, practicing failure. The reason why I went into that was that eight to nine times over the next four months, it just failed again and again and again and again. Now, what are the chances that he tried deep, deep, are we there yet? Let me, not, let me pause that. What are the chances that he tried a different modality every single time with her and tried to reach within the deepest recesses of human spiritual experience of her every single time over the next eight to, months, eight to nine months, eight to nine experiences over the next four months, eight to nine experiences over the next four months, and he tried all of that first and completely did away with the need to have sex, penetration, and to get validated through that to say that I can do it and I'm better than others. I don't get that idea in his message. It was not there, and I'm pretty sure he agrees with me. I think we'd very much have a different outcome and a different story if that was the case. She ended up leaving him. And you know how, you know how I'm so confident in that? You know, I'm not saying he might not have tried to slow it down once or twice, but would he have gone to the extent that I'm going to prescribe at the end of his podcast? When she says, we aren't actually fucking, we're just hanging out a lot. So my friends, I'd like to ask you a question in the live Q&A. What do you think she wants the most? What does she want from him the most? Not only is this a tremendous question for you guys to help you relate to your own experiences as you move forward in life, but also to help him because that's what we're primarily here for. You guys are here to learn as ships out in the dock 
and that I'm pointing lighthouses. I'm a lighthouse pointing light, moving you in certain directions. It's the middle of the night and I'm moving you guys in different directions, getting your ships to move towards the light. But at the same time, the entire reason why you guys have arrived at this dock is because there's another ship way more lost out in the sea somewhere. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit, <laughs> I get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So... At Tang one on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy that's all available to you at boldojo.com listen guys the birds outside are going haywire so I better wrap up this outro it's the time of my life getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions chopping it up getting to really know who you are and so I thank you so much again and I look forward to seeing you in the next session truly wishing you the absolute best in your lives much peace and much joy ciao